Hey friend, and welcome back to the Alex Makes VR podcast. In today's episode, we're going super practical. We're going to dive into the statistics that will do the selling for you when it comes to VR and virtual tours. I'm going to be diving into all of that shortly. But if you have a subject that you want me to explore in future episodes, please reach out to me, Alex Makes VR on Instagram or Twitter. Um, and Every time one of these podcast episodes go live, I also put out an accompanying newsletter, which gives you the insider tips and tricks from the episode, as well as sometimes um, my own personal templates and uh, links to the things that I'm referring to. So if you want to sign up for that for future episodes and future newsletters, you can sign up at alexmakesvr.com. So for those of you new to the podcast... I am trying to keep this podcast as kind of um, varied and non-formatted as possible. I want to do lots of different things, Q&As, guests, motivational and inspiring stuff. But also a big part of it is taking you along my journey, researching and exploring lots of different things within the world of immersive and virtual reality and entrepreneurship and general creativity. You know, we like to run the gambit here. So in today's episode, the the inspiration for it really was the fact that I've been seeing like lots of really, really interesting statistics coming out around um, marketing and the changing landscape due to COVID. One of the most interesting things I thought uh, I kind of found, and and I'm going to paraphrase this because I can't, I couldn't find the exact study that um, I was reading that came out with this statistic, but it basically implied that the innovation, the, um, I guess, the momentum and the shift in consumer behaviour towards e-commerce and buying online in the last six months has been the equivalent of 10 years of traditional kind of progress. So because of the pandemic, because of the chaos that is it has wreaked on on physical locations and traditional consumer behavior because we have lit- quite literally been confined to our houses. Um the level of transformation and the advancements in e-commerce technologies, infrastructure, um the buying experience has advanced the equivalent of what would have usually taken 10 years. How insane is that? I mean, it makes total sense, but it's still crazy when you kind of look at that statistic. And it got me thinking about, I remember when I first got into VR, there was loads of these statistics running rampant. And maybe partly that really carried on encouraging me to stay in the industry. And I know for certain when I first started working in the industry, I used to love to throw these statistics out about increased engagement and generating, you know, X percentage of leads, like more than traditional video and all this kind of stuff. Um, Just purely because these were the figures that were coming out around the time. But I was thinking when I was reading that study about e-commerce, I wonder if there's been any updated statistics around things like virtual tours, 360 video, virtual reality, because because there's been a slight dip in the level of engagement or the kind of lacking interest. What am I trying to say? 
I'm not in the most eloquent of mood, guys, so I apologise because not the greatest trait to have in a podcast host. Um, And if this is your first episode listening, please go back and listen to other episodes where I can um, speak a little bit more concisely on the subject. All the the, uh, kind of regular listeners allow laughing at the concept of me being a concise speaker because... Anyway, uh, as is evident by this two-minute segue ramble. So what am I trying to say? I basically was really curious to see whether there were updated stats around VR because when I first got into it, there was lots of buzz, there was lots of money being spent from brands, from research bodies. Everyone was really into like looking into all of the science and all of the the stats behind VR. But fast forward five years, now that interest has waned and there's not as many new studies coming out. So I thought I would go and do a bit of research to see what the latest was. And lo and behold, I couldn't find any really, really concrete, brilliant, you know, research-backed statistics. Um, But I did come across two very interesting studies that I think had statistics that could definitely be used in your marketing to sell virtual tours and virtual reality. So the first one, let's start with VR training. So this uh, study was done by the, I believe it was by the US team at PwC, PricewaterhouseCooper, which for those of you who don't know, is one of the big four global consultancies. They're massive. Um, I'm very fortunate to be to work a lot with the UK PwC team. And we do um, a lot of very varied kind of projects. But the majority of the stuff that I work on with them is a lot in the realm of virtual reality training. And usually this is focused on soft skills training. So unconscious bias or leadership or um, trying to think some of the areas, other areas that we've worked on, just kind of areas where the nature of the training is such that it's not just kind of like mathematical or scientific. It's, it's, it's not learning like an equation to do your job better. It's, it's learning those soft skills. Um, and basically in the US, PwC US, I believe, this is uh, what's linked on the website anyway, has done a study into the benefits of virtual reality training versus traditional classroom training and e-learning So I found that the most interesting statistic was that virtual reality was four times more likely. No, okay, let me start that statistic again. (laughs) Um, So learners that used virtual reality were four times more focused than their e-learning peers, right? And also, people being trained through virtual reality um, completed their training four times as fast than in a traditional classroom setting. And there's like a couple of other statistics, like virtual reality uh, trainees were 275% more confident to apply their skills that they had learned after the training. 275%, that's massive. And... Those VR trainees were 3.75 times, love that stat, 
so so specific 3.75 times more emotionally connected to the content than classroom-based learning so I think the key stat coming out of that is four times more focused than their e-learning peers. Now, why might that be an interesting stat to focus on? You could absolutely like use the others. But I think the comparison to e-learning, e-learning is where a lot of companies uh, kind of focus, right? Because e-learning saves time and money for companies because it's not classroom based. So it doesn't require as much resource and it's scalable because employees can do it online in their own time. Um, it's it's relatively cheap and scalable because of the nature of e-learning platforms. Well, com- comparative to VR, that is. Um, why I think that stat is really interesting, though, is more focused employees means that they will retain more information. If they retain more information, combined with the fact that they're 275% more confident to apply those skills, they are easily going to outperform classically based training, uh, classic based training or, um, or e-learning when it comes to then going and, and, and putting that training into action. And why is that important? That's important because companies do, in fact, save time and money when they have well-trained employees. And when it comes to soft skill based stuff, that can be the really insidious uh, things that you might not think about um, in a company. So, for example, unconscious bias training is massively important because there's so much research around the fact that diverse workplaces um, have a much higher success rate. They, uh, they, they kind of execute ideas faster. They end up increasing revenue for companies faster because when team, diverse team, uh, teams work together, uh, naturally you have diverse thinking going on and lots of different people pulling lots of different background, lots of different skill sets together, working harmoniously creates better results overall for companies. So unconscious bias training is super important because people need to be checked that they aren't leaning on like natural biases that they've been socially conditioned to have, which then means that they don't necessarily promote diverse teams. They don't necessarily work harmoniously with people who are not like them, um, which then will lead to an increase in animosity or a hostile workplace. It will most likely lead to um, a massive divide in diverse leadership and it all trickles down from leadership so if you don't have diverse leadership um then you're not going to have a kind of you that's not going to trickle down and you're not necessarily going to re- retain as much diverse talent now i know that diversity has become a little bit of a of a um a kind of a buzzy thing and like a, a something that a lot of companies are shouting from the rooftops about now, especially during a kind of, you know, a climate like like ours is currently in 2020, where not only do you have the kind of um, the effects of the pandemic wreaking havoc on the economy and really emphasising kind of the class difference, but you've also got the resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement with the murder of George Floyd, which is really bringing like the underrepresentation of black talent in all workplaces, um, as well as across the board, I'm sure. But specifically, I've been reading a lot about, you know, the kind of the, um, the yeah, the, the lack in kind of recruitment 
uh, and uh, promotion uh, statistics around the black community. Um, and the list goes on and on. And obviously diversity covers such a broad range of things from class and race and gender and, um, you know, sexual orientation, like all, the, even like things like remote working versus in-person working, which leads to like different bonds forming within teams. There's so much to it. It's such a complicated subject. And you couldn't possibly necessarily cover all of that just in a little e-learning, uh, well, in any kind of training program, but especially when you're trying to communicate the severity of something like uh, unconscious bias, watching a video is probably not going to do it as much justice as stepping into the shoes of, 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 of someone of a different um, background to you, regardless of what that might look like. Um, so I've gone off on a bit of a tangent there, but when it comes to like using statistics to sell virtual reality training, I think that's a really powerful one to lead with. Four times more focused than their e-learning peers, more likely. Oh, did you hear that? Ooh, thunder. Uh, if you can't hear that, we've been, uh, we've been, well, there's been uh, threats of violent storms in England for the past couple of days and uh, they haven't appeared so far but the thunder has just hit so I'm assuming this will be the start of it. Um, so yeah so increased engagement, increased retention and uh, this was just the most up-to-date and the most verified research that I could find. There's lots of anecdotal statistics that you could look at though including um, Oh, I'm forgetting the name of the company that did it. Let me just Google it. But Walmart in particular have been fantastic at putting out um, the company behind their VR training puts out amazing case studies online and they're quite open with their statistics. So definitely check them out as well. So the company is called Striver, S-T-R-I-V-R. And they basically are the VR company behind Walmart's um, really uh, kind of famous uh, VR training as they are very, very kind of into VR. And they've released loads of stats on their website and on their blog content around the benefits. So using those statistics to your advantage when you're having those early conversations with clients is going to massively increase your chances um, of converting them. Um, and of course, this is the thing, right? When you're asking someone to part with really quite substantial money, um, and that could be anything from a thousand pounds right up to one hundred and fifty thousand pounds, whatever it might be. When you're asking someone to part with that kind of money, they have to know that it's going to be um, worth it compared to probably the more easier, more established, more proven route of something like traditional classroom or um, e-learning, which is probably e-learning is probably more applicable based on the fact that we're in COVID and no one's doing classroom based training, really. Um, so that's the first one. Now let's talk about virtual tours. And this was the one that I was really interested to read about because, again, I remember when I first started really kind of getting into 360 quite seriously and I saw a lot of, a lot of statistics, even like from Facebook themselves, about the level of engagement that 360 photos and videos had over their traditional counterparts. I think I remember reading at one point something like 200% more click-throughs or something on uh, 360 photos um, than, than just a traditional one. And 
uh, again, increase something like 2.5 um, increased engagement, meaning that people would, you know, take longer and repeatedly come back to the same images and want to engage with them over and over again, rather than just a normal photo, which maybe they'd scroll on by. Because again, it was something new, something different. But this was years ago. And funnily enough, I couldn't find any really concrete new statistics around the use of 360 uh, photos and videos, apart from this one company who... Um, basically conducted their own research. And this is really recent. This is from literally uh, a few days ago. So um, early August 2020. And this company, they are themselves a virtual tour uh, 3D um, model photography business, basically. They're called LCP360. And based on, admittedly, I haven't done like a massive deep dive into their website, but they've got lots of really interesting blog posts. It looks like they're based in America. I think I remember seeing New York somewhere, but I might have made that up. So somewhere in America. And they did their own personal survey on, it looks like all of their kind of clients, and they look like they're quite a big company. So it looked reasonably um well surveyed, although I couldn't see from the the paper that I'm kind of referring to, uh, like how many people that they uh, that they surveyed. But the statistics were really, really mind blowing. So get this from let me have a look. So uh, one of the quotes in this coronavirus response survey that they've done, which I'll link to in the show notes, but it will also be in the newsletter if you're signed up to that. Um, It says, virtual tours are no longer a nice-to-have option. Gone are the days when virtual tours were simply optional marketing tools. After the pandemic struck in the spring, visual and immersive content quickly became a necessity uh, as multifamily communities closed off amenities, shut down leasing offices, and people stayed inside for months on end. We asked marketing professionals to share some insight on their community virtual tours, both before and during the pandemic. Before the pandemic, 30% of marketers say their properties only offered unit tours, which has since changed with the sudden closures of on-site amenities. Full online property tours that showcase amenities are now essential for renters who want to tour the grounds and facilities of their future home. So the key statistic that I'm about to, to tell you is, and this is the one that I think might be really useful for, for any virtual tour marketers out there, 90%, 90% of marketers say that virtual tours have directly contributed to an increase in leases sight unseen. So what they're saying there is that 90% of marketers have seen that if they had a virtual tour on a particular property, that that has directly increased on people leasing properties without ever having stepped foot in them, without ever visiting the place. They have leased properties based on listings that had virtual tours. How insane is that? That is incredible. 90%. And again, we don't have any context for how many people this surveyed, but I feel like that's a really interesting change from 30% that said pre-pandemic virtual tours um, 
what's this? Only showed model units and not the amenity. Okay, that's not relevant. <laughs> this is why this is why I probably should have done a lot more research before recording this. But I thought it was interesting to kind of just bring you in on my thought process on this. So 90% say directly contributed to an increase in leases, sight and scene, which is phenomenal. And then there was another statistic. Let me find it. Um... So here we go. We found that virtual tour activity is still on the rise, even while some communities start to reopen. Of the tours we examined, on average, there was a 329% increase in visits from February to May. 329% increase in visits from February to May. And so given that context, I'm fairly confident that this section is talking about the fact that um, you know, b- before the pandemic, virtual tours still led to a huge 329% increase in visits from February to May. Oh, no, in fact, that would be during, that would be during COVID, wouldn't it? Hang on, let me just read on. We also found that conversions significantly, uh, significantly increased across apartment virtual tours from February to May. Some tour- tours even seeing as much as a 200% increase over the four months. Wow. I mean, that is fascinating. That is so fascinating. We fa- Right, let me just reread that because I just want to make sure that I'm getting that context right. We examined virtual tour visits from a set of our Pano Skin virtual tours to determine if renters react positively to these tools. If virtual tour activity is still on an incline despite some lifted lockdown measures. Oh, okay, this is interesting. So so the the headline of this particular page saying, are virtual tours a quick fix for COVID-19 or a necessary tool to move forward in a post-pandemic world? So that's interesting. We found that virtual tour activity is still on the rise, even while some communities start to reopen. Of the tours we examined on average, there was a 329% increase in visits from February to May. So I believe that they're saying that there was a 329% increase in visits to the virtual tour itself. We also found that conversions significantly increased across apartment virtual tours from February to May. Some tours even seeing as much as a 200% increase over the four months. So that is pretty dramatic, isn't it? I mean, can can you imagine if like, this is the thing, when you frame it to a potential client, You have to think about the fact that, say, for example, their usual conversion rate is, you know, maybe they have like 100 people click on a photo that, you know, that they see listed. And then out of that uh, 100 people that click on the photo, maybe 50 50 people um, follow through and like call them to arrange a tour, like, like a physical tour. Now imagine if you could increase the amount of people that would even look at the property by 300%. I'm terrible at math, so I'm not sure why I've started to to use these numbers. But let's say, okay, let's even just make it 100% more. So if you've got 100 people that would usually click through on a photo, now all of a sudden, 200 people are going to click through on that photo. And out of those people... If 50% were doing it before without a virtual tour, but that increased again because of the fact you've got a virtual tour. So now you're going to have, I can't even do that math, but it's not, it's like way more than a hundred, even though like a hundred would be like still 50%, which is still a really good amount. Even if you increase that by another 50%, that's 150 out of 200 people potentially going to be more interested or at the very least 
uh, you're going to qualify those those people so much easier. So instead of, you know, like when you look at, I feel, feel like I've talked about this before on episodes, but you know, when you like look at photos and they're so painfully, obviously manipulated and they're using like a fancy wide ass, like wide, wide ass lens, <laughs> wide ass lens, um, otherwise known as a wide angle lens. <laughs> um, and and they're really like oversaturated and really beautifully manipulated but they're so it's so obvious that that's what they are whereas actually you have a virtual tour all of a sudden you have a much better sense of that space so now those people that are going to call through are going to be so much more qualified which is going to save that uh, agent so much more time from time wasters because they already know like that they are interested in the property and if England of course these stats are specific to this company's clients and this is America but if if, you, if the UK followed a similar trend to that um, or wherever you're listening um if the average estate agents would see a similar kind of increase um Potentially, they're going to be even renting properties and leasing buildings sight unseen. Like people that haven't even seen them are more likely to rent them without having seen them because the virtual tour gives them the sense that they've already been there. They've already seen everything. And I was even reading up uh, earlier today that the virtual tour softwares now offer live walkthroughs so you could have a pre kind of uh, a pre-done virtual tour but then some software allows the estate agent to almost like dial in like you would a zoom call and as uh, the user is kind of navigating through the virtual tour the estate agent can give them the information and give them the sales spiel that they would do if they were there in person that is so next level that's the thing right it's like everything is changing right now like this has never been a better time to be going out there and getting work in our industry. People now more than ever are waking up to the digital revolution and the fact that it's no longer good enough to just rely on your physical locale. You have to be online. You have to be digital. And not only that, you have to stand out from the competition. You have to offer something as close to the physical experience as you can using online tools. And virtual reality, virtual tours, 360 photos, 360 videos, they are that next level tool. And this is how you've got to, this is the kind of positioning that you need to take when you're talking to new clients. So those were the statistics that I found really, really interesting. And this is the thing with stats. Stats, as long as you're quoting them properly and in context and you're not just like making it up out of thin air and you are very open with the fact that it applies to something maybe not quite specifically related, um, as long as you're like, you know, not taking the, the, uh, the statistic completely out of context, I would happily use those stats in my own personal marketing. Happily. Because as long as I'm able to then back it up and point to the research and say, you know, obviously this is anecdotal um, or like evidence based on this specific company, which is based here. But even if you took, you know, even if you halved their percentages and applied it to someone's business elsewhere, um, you're probably not going to be too far off because there's a reason that uh, research groups use small groups of people to generalize about um, ab about things because human behavior is quite pattern based. And although every country will have its own cadence and own um, state of affairs, I guess, with these things, um, chances are they will be vaguely similar. Um, 
So I think there's nothing wrong with taking these stats and using it in your marketing material. Do your own research as well and let me know if you if you find anything more interesting or like more stats that might be interesting. And of course, like verify them. I definitely came across a few that I was like, mm, you know, I did a bit of Googling around what they were proclaiming and the stats didn't quite hold up. So again, it might have been anecdotal evidence or it might have been just generalizing. Uh, there was one in particular um, that I was looking at around um, Google listings. And it is true that on the whole, Google business listings that have 360 photos will rank higher. And that is, but it's not because, it's not, it is because of the 360 photo, but it's not, if that makes sense. It is because um, the way that Google rank business listings is based on relevance, accuracy, and uh, feedback from like users that have gone there and how helpful the listing is, right? So there's a few different factors. But the fact is that listings with a 360 photo are often getting more engagement, are often then uh, pulling more people to the location, which in turn then tells Google, oh, this listing is relevant. This listing is accurate. This listing is is creating a great user experience. So I'm going to rank it higher. So of course, um, of course, there is a direct impact from the 360 photo. But, you know, some of the statistics that I was seeing weren't necessarily 100% accurate because, for example, one of them was saying that something like 81% um, of users, it would, it would, or it would like increase by 81% or something like it would increase someone's business listing by 81%, the traffic or something like that to the listing. Um, and when I looked into that statistic, what they were saying was that, uh, it came from a study about, um, 81% of users will Google a business before they go to it. So that to me, that is a bit flimsy. That doesn't hold up necessarily. But when you deep dive and you look at it, you can very easily see why 360 photos on business listings increase traffic, increase uh, conversion rates on people going through, increase business listings, which, you know, in turn kind of cr- generates more interest in the uh, in the business. There's absolutely no reason to believe it doesn't. Um, but to slap a statistic like that on it without doing like proper research or without conducting your own little mini survey that you can pull from. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't necessarily use that. So make sure that you're smart and make sure that you, you know, do a little bit of digging around a statistic. But I thought these two in particular were really strong because PwC, very reputable, has done very thorough research in this. Um, And um, this other company, LCP360, clearly quite a big company with a large variety of clients who have done their own personal research um, and presented it in a really clear, concise way that made me kind of think that... um, that they were trustworthy. And again, using their statistics will be anecdotal, um, but potentially could be the hook in your marketing that will get people just even to have a conversation with you about whether or not they should invest in VR or virtual tours. So I hope this has been helpful. I'm super excited to hear your thoughts. Let me know what you think. If you've got any any other deep dive subjects or any other things you want me to explore like this, this is a bit of a, an interesting like kind of test, something slightly different to what I've done before. Um, so please let me know, Alex Makes VR on Instagram or Twitter. Um, please sign up to the newsletter. As I say, this is where I usually send out all these links and templates and just all of the insider scoop on things. Don't miss out, alexmakesvr.com to sign up for that. 
If you could take five seconds on Spotify or Apple or whatever uh, podcast platform you're listening on, if you could take five seconds just to follow or subscribe to the podcast, this really helps me. It helps the algorithm go, hey, she looks all right. But also it will help push the new episodes to you as soon as they're live. At the moment, I'm on a release schedule of Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays with the occasional bonus episode because I am a workaholic. Um, That would be amazing though. And if you're on Apple, if you wouldn't mind taking five seconds just to give me a rating, a star rating, that would be absolutely wonderful as well. I won't take up any more of your time today. I hope you're having a wonderful one wherever you are. Keep crushing it. Um, Use these stats. Go out and kind of start having these conversations. Get people interested in the work that you are presenting. Uh, And I promise you, it will transform the way that you sell your services. And it will transform the way that you yourself convert sales when you really start to implement these kind of marketing strategies, using surveys, using statistics to kind of back up what we already know, which is that VR and virtual tours are the goddamn shit. Okay, have a good one and I'll speak to you soon.